Heaven high. Heaven high. Nick, I'm in my lounge. Are you lounging in your lounge? I'm lounging or... about in, in, in front of lots of Scrabble tiles. I'm thinking of that. What other room verbs are there? You can lounge in your lounge. You can toilet in your toilet. But you shouldn't toilet in your lounge. One can... But you can lounge in your toilet, as study... we often do. I can study in my study. Yes. You can lounge in your toilet. You may. Hmm. I, wrote indeed, a, I wrote an email. Gentlemen the, I wrote do. an email in the bathroom after I'd finished with the title. I just stood in the bathroom and wrote an email last night. Yes, but when you say wrote an email, what you mean is you took your lipstick, and I don't mean Laura's lipstick, I mean your lipstick, and you scrawled it on the mirror. I'm fairly certain that neither Laura nor I owns a lipstick. I don't believe there's a single lipstick in this house. You've got your own lipstick, but you keep that for special when... Um, for special ne- when, For when Johnella comes out to play. <laughs> for when, when Laura's on her way uh, at work. I want to see you as a drag queen. Do you? Do you think you'd uh, start masturbating as soon as you saw that? <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, but that, that's just a reflex action. Uh-huh. But I, I'd be more interested to see how you could pull it off, bearing in mind your frame. And we'd all be seeing how you pulled it off. <sighs> so you said you had something interesting to discuss in relation to how annoying you are. Well, can you tell us what the topic is today first? The topic today is, isn't it about time we had extradition orders for the housing bubble? podcast at rumdoings.com at rumdoings. We have received quite a few shibboleths. We have a great deal of shibboleths. I think enough. Almost enough. So this is probably one of the last times we're going to ask. If you want to see a rumdoings live, wherever it may be, send us an email to podcast at rumdoings.com with the word shibboleth in it, inter alia, uh, and you will then be counted that's the only place you can be counted. Oh, two yeah, well, minutes a... in. Well, that's very interesting, considering that they know that I'm off. Shall I tell them I'm off today and I can't speak? Yes. Okay. Hello. He's now going to tell them. Oh yes, I'm. I'll get. I'll do that. No, now not at the moment. Sorry about that. Doing some work. Thanks. That's fine. In about an hour. Thanks. Bye bye. See how ruthlessly I talk to my office. You, you, you took that day off for a, that whole hour. Yeah, I, I can never... It was just some twat called Jim Rosignol or something who apparently wanted to speak to me, so I said, forget it. Was it really, Jim? Of course it wasn't. He never yeah. wants to speak. Well, we just speak know. to Jonathan because he's far more competent. And <laughs> well, exactly. Why would Jim ever want to speak to me? It's true. So, um, how are you? Yes, good. So you wanted to discuss... I, I've been waiting for 45 minutes for you to finally mm. bother showing up, and you said there was something interesting to discuss on that matter. It, per se, is not interesting. What it leads on to might be. Let's have a look, shall we? Okay. You got annoyed because I did keep you waiting. I was delayed, um, and so you... And made no effort to warn me. Yeah, yeah and, and you became annoyed by that. I was just... I genuinely genuinely wasn't because i was watching pointless but i was trying to i was trying to communicate with you in exactly the words that you would use to me were the situation reversed and that's what was interesting how you've perceived it no the answer is you need to say yes i was a bit oh i'm sorry i was very annoyed you see what's interesting about that is i took the day off as you see that's fairly meaningless for me yes and you've taken the year off as far as Uh i can tell uh uh um so in effect you have nothing pressing and you have no time commitments. Well, so 
if I keep you waiting for 45 minutes, all that means is that you'll be doing something for 45 minutes that you otherwise might have done a bit later on. Uh, time is fairly fungible for you at the moment, isn't it? One dollop of time is pretty much like another dollop of time. And whether it happens now or later on in the afternoon, which would have been when we would have been recording, wouldn't have been recording had we started earlier, no, you might put, why does it matter? We were supposed to start about half one and I was hoping to go out. I was hoping to be out of the house by half two. And now I'm going, not, that's not going to happen until way gone three now. So it's kind of annoying. My, my, my plan for the afternoon has been completely ruined. It has been completely ruined. Yes. Yes. So it's not quite as flexible as you as you. It imagine. is, but fortunately, I think you... my plan wasn't particularly important. No, it was a rubbish plan. It was a dreadful. No, it's just I'm, I'm working on a, on some puzzles for a game at the moment, and I was hoping to go and sit down and get a bunch done. Yeah, but what you were going to do is you were going to go to a coffee shop where you don't like drinking the decaf coffee and you hate the women there. I, 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 which women are we talking about? There was this the particular group of six women I, I've never seen since who I, who I who was annoyed by about a year ago. But what's, what's funny is... If they um, turned up, I should be greatly frustrated. From the day where you saw them, they've never been seen since by anybody. <laughs> well, it's just a co- it's just one of those funny coincidences, isn't it? Nor have their babies. All their buggies turned up in the canal near your house. <laughs> it's just, a, just one of those funny coincidences. Yes. <laughs> and Lucy had a strange glint to her feline eye that day. Rub, rubbing her tummy. Yes. How's Lucy? She's, uh, she's, we, she's started eating all her food in one go first thing in the morning. Oh, no. So She's turned into a rubbish cat. So she's, uh-huh. yeah, and we're not sympathising and she's livid. Oh, good. She'll learn. Well, I'm just not convinced that she will, but we're, we're persisting because we're, cause we're going away on, on the disappointment trip mm. soon. We don't want that some people, you know, people coming over, don't want to have people to come over twice a day to feed her. So she's just no, that would be ludicrous. She will. Stupid cat. I, know. I noticed that you've been a mad cat man and you've been posting photographs of Lucy to Twitter every well, two and a half seconds. Uncle Craig was down for the weekend and so and as as happens every time that happens, we compete to take the best photos of, of her or previously Dexter. Who won? Um I think Craig generally wins. He's a much better photographer than me. Okay. Well I think that you should post that photograph up with this podcast. Well I think I took the overall best one. Uh, because I got, I was taking a photograph, trying to get a photograph of a yawning, and I caught the very last moment of a yawn, which turns out to be the, a crazy comical snarl face. It's funny that uh, LBC should suddenly become a bit more relevant, isn't it? Well, is it LBC becoming more relevant, or have they just stumbled upon a man who isn't awful? It's possible that that's the case, but apparently they've explicitly been deciding to be a little bit more. Well, they just went nationalistic and political. Yeah, they just went and they said they weeks were... ago. They said that they want a little bit more, um, a little to be a little bit more hard hitting and a little less Jerry from Egham with his shed. Just problems. as I was waiting for you to finally bother showing up, uh, Judge, Judge Coxcomb uh, linked me to a recording of Ian Lee's BBC West Midlands radio program. Ah, uh, yes, me too. Yeah, so you heard about the mint, minty biscuits? Yes, it's worth listening to. It is good, but I just thought. How how that's not that's not really good radio. <laughs> What's happened to Ian Lee? TV's Ian Lee. Mm, well, there we are. I won't say anything further because I met him a few months ago. Oh yes, did and you, I can't. Did report, you give him a cuddle? I can't report what happened at the meeting. It would be unprofessional. Because especially when you get that naked. 
Exactly. Where's Daisy Donovan, Nick? I don't think she ever existed. She's just a figment of everybody's imagination. She was she was shared hysteria. I looked up the answer, and, and the answer is that she's writing screenplays, but she... Um, I don't think she's intelligent enough to be able to write. I think she's a very intelligent woman. Um, she never showed any intelligence. She, she struck me as just being a token. No, no, no. She was, uh, she was a secretary uh, for the, for the programme, and then a runner, and then eventually, when they couldn't find anyone who was any good... They decided to pick a token. Yeah. They gave her a go, and she proved rather good. She asked no, she Edward was, she Heath if he ever gave Margaret Thatcher a pearl necklace. That's, but you can't dismiss that. Uh, I can find it in, within myself to dismiss that. <laughs> I thought she was very good on the 11 o'clock show. She was certainly better than Ian Lee. Better than Ian Lee is perhaps <laughs> true, but then again... No, I can't say. What about, what about Ali G? Or Ricky Gervais. What's happened to them, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, do you remember that guy who... That, 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 that weird guy who always used to put on the weird faces and say the stupid things. What was his name? Uh, haven't heard of him recently. Nigel Farage. Oh, yes. Do, do you remember him? No. What have happened to him? I mean, for a while he was everybody's number one comedy act. And then, bang, gone. I think didn't he didn't he begin as a sort of more of a vaudeville act, a bit more of the you know kind of Blackpool end of the pier sort of thing. He was, and then there were those allegations. Oh, that's true. Hmm. And, and you don't mean, to... whatever happened to that funny old lady who used to wear all those crowns? Do you remember her? <laughs> yes, I I I remember her, Julian Clary. Hey, did a joke. I, I had a theory about drag queens, actually. Since oh, my goodness. How have you got to drag queens? Julian Clary was sort of a drag queen at some times. He did it. I think he had a character. The Joan, Joan Collins fan club was a drag queen, wasn't she? Oh, oh, yes. You may be right. That, that may be what I was thinking of. With Fanny the Wonder Dog. <laughs> um, written, mostly that... written by Paul Merton, I believe. Oh, of course, because Julian Clary doesn't strike me as being particularly... Oh, no, I think um, they co-wrote. But I, no, I used to think that about Julian Clary until I heard him on Just a Minute quite a lot, and actually he comes across as quite a smart and witty guy. Fair enough. I, um, we, we've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race lately. Right, I've never seen this, but I've heard much about it. Okay, and what's interesting about it, or not interesting at all about it, depending on how obvious you find it, is that... All the drag queens, as opposed to the faux queens, uh, or the drag kings, are gay. Right. Uh, and so you would say, what is it about a gay man that would... Besides the, besides the history of it, of course. Right. That would make him want to pretend to be a woman. Now, of course, you can laugh and say, well, that's kind of, come on, it's obvious. No, no, no I was actually, laughing at your suggestion that being gay makes you want to be a drag queen. That's what I was laughing at. Almost, well, no, I didn't say that, but I said no, but pretty, much all, pretty much all drag queens except Dame Edna are gay. Mm-hmm. And I asked the judge about this because he's an expert at gays. Oh, that's true. And he, and he confirmed that pretty I, Apparently much, he yeah, studied them quite closely. Yeah. And he confirms that pretty much every drag queen that he knows of that isn't a faux queen is gay. Right. And I know that's interesting. I mean, obviously the historical um, uh, reasons for this are clear. Um, but there is something else, and there's the gay attraction to certain sorts of archetypally operatic big women. You know, they, the, the the whole Friends of Dorothy thing, they, the attraction to Judy Garland, the uh, 
the whole way that there's a certain affinity that certain gay men have to a certain aspect of femininity. Um, but it's not, I don't th- but, but of course, here's the paradox. The one thing that a gay man doesn't want is an association with a woman in that, beyond that specific sort of uh, way. In, in the foo-foo region. Well, exactly. So in, a, in one way, they're very attracted in an aesthetic and emotional sense to a certain notion of womanhood, but of course are, are, are either uninterested or actively repelled from it in another sense. I guess so, my, my assumption has always been, and I have no idea if there's any validity to this at all, validity to this at all, is that it's a, is it not a rejection of the tropes of, of um, heteronormative masculinity? No, because plenty of uh, gay men like butch heteronormative masculinity as well, but in a different way. No, 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 no. Yeah. They, may, they may find that sexually attractive, but what I'm saying is in their own, in their own design, in, their own, in the delivery of themselves, is, is it not a deliberate rejection of that which is more normally associated with, but why the, with the straight the, man? Why the um, accentuation of the reductio ad absurdum of, of what's normally known as femininity? I don't. I don't know the answer. I think it's. it's I think I have an interesting theory. Say it's still a minority of, of of gay men who who do that. You know, most gay men they tend to they use some sort of camouflage or they just go around just looking like an ordinary person. Yeah, but we know the truth. Yeah, I know they try and trick us, get in our coffee shops, slide through our train carriages, trying to yes. look like just a regular, normal, bloke. ordinary human being. Excuse me, can you say bloke, please? <laughs> I don't feel like I should. Okay. Uh, I mean, I had a theory, and I don't know how far it goes, but it, it's one that interested me last night. It may not interest me this morning, though, uh-huh. or this afternoon. So let's have a look, shall we? Um, there is a paradox in heterosexual male attitudes to women as well, and, and that is this. Um, men are supposed to be, in the very heteronormative Western sense, uh, not interested in frills or frou-frou, or perfume, or high heel shoes, or women's fashion, or anything like that. Men are rugged, macho beasts that go around slaying wildebeests. Thank You'll you. agree with Thank that. Thank you for okay. describing me, yes. yes. But, why do women put on high heels and dress like that, and when they are interested in attracting men? You know, why don't they put themselves in a sack? It's because... The very thing that specifies, for want of a better term, the, you know, the, the, the more delicate parts of femininity are actually attractive to men in the same way that the, the very ruggedness that is the aspiration of the male is what's attractive to a woman. Do you see what I mean? So it's like we're, we're both attracted to that which in some way we, re, we, we also reject or are suspicious of or, or diminish. Think of the way but Jessica... Isn't that, isn't, but aren't we, isn't that the case because we wish to... Does that not come from a sort of innate homophobic fear? No, but look at, look at, look at Jessica Rabbit as the kind of archetype of okay. the woman. Don't blame me, I'm just made that way, as she said. Yeah. Um, drawn, drawn that, that way, yes, That yeah, would be the joke right there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and think of it... And everybody's drooling over her. Yes. Uh, especially every, every man is drooling over her. And you think... What is it? What has she done to accentuate herself? She's put on a very sparkly dress, lots of makeup, long hair, and high heels. And the straight male is attracted to those things in a specific sort of way. 
and what they represent and so forth, and the perfume that she's wearing and so on. Um, and, and of course, when, it, when, it's a, when the straight male is attracted to that, it's also combined, obviously, with the sexual promise that that awakens and accentuates. You'll agree with that, I'm sure. I agree with it on, on some of that. I don't... Uh, Jessica Rabbit is a really interesting example because I, I find high heels repellent. And yeah, but you're weird. But we're more, talking about the normal bloke. Okay, but I don't think I'm that abnormal. The more you are, they very cut, abnormal. the less I tend to find someone attractive. You're um, very abnormal and you should go to prison. But there's something very seductive about, you know, Jessica Rabbit, if we're using that particular cartoon lady yes. as an example. But I think for me, what's seductive about her is her movement, the kind of exaggerated feminine Well, okay, the move, exaggerated feminine movement is also part of it. And, hmm. and indeed, what's funny, you know, you would... The average man who considers himself heterosexual wouldn't aspire to do that himself. Explicitly. No, but, uh, but and he wouldn't, seems, he wouldn't say, seems I love to that. This is I about want to wanting to not be that which you are attracted to. You. <sighs> well, that's but that's the interesting thing because at, on one hand you reject it. You know, if you see a boy doing, you say that's a sissy, that's disgusting. Don't do that. It's effeminate. You know, the very word effeminate is considered something that is an insult, mm-hmm. and yet. We're massively attracted to effeminacy. But isn't that... It's just obviously in the right context. But still, even ignoring the context, there is a context where that which we reject is also that which we, which we prize substantially. Isn't and that which we reject a deliberate attempt to protect ourselves from the horror, the dangers of being attracted to the same sex, though? Is it not, as I say, that innate homophobia that, that is so often the norm in people? Well, if that were the case, why... Are there plenty of gay men who strive to represent or enjoy the portrayal of that very exaggerated femininity as well? In a weird way, and and here's my theory, and uh, I don't know, I think that we perhaps do have either an innate or a cultural, probably both, attraction to the dipoles of sexuality to a degree. Um, uh, And that, for a heterosexual male, is probably an aesthetic and sexual response that's all tangled together. So, you know, we, the, the, our pattern matching and aesthetic uh, circuitry then immediately triggers a sexual response. So, oh, yes, I like the size of that waist. I like the way that that, mo- that movement happens. I like the way that dress slinks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, oh, yes, the next thing in the chain reaction is that produces some sex hormones as well, which make me interested in that way. With gay men of course it never triggers it, it doesn't cascade to the and there's a sexual thing but i wonder whether there is still an aesthetic appreciation of the sec- of, of the gender dipole uh, that you can still enjoy in that aesthetic uh, way without there being the trigger in other words it's like those two things have become decoupled the signal is still there and it's still having some sort of association but it's not moving to its to its next stop next station stop so to speak do you see what i mean i, th- I think you're perhaps being a little too binary i think you're certainly being too binary no 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 i'm not no no i'm not being too binary because we're talking about drag queens here pr- and jessica rabbit you can't get much more binary than a drag qu- than what a drag queen and jessica rabbit represents that's my point it's why do we revel in the binary that's the thing both ma- both heterosexual males and homosexual males to an extent do revel in the, the the binary poles but isn't let's forget jessica rabbit because she's she's i think confusing when with the drag queen 
I don't, th- maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think very many people are attracted to drag queens. I don't mean no. to transsexuals, obviously, I'm not conflating the two. I'm talking specifically about someone who wears exaggerated... I'm not talking about attracted, I'm not talking about attracted. I'm it's a performance about... piece, is that It is a case? performance, but how does the performance work? What is it engaging with? It's, a, what are the, it's the aesthetics. I'm not, I, and my whole point was it's not attracted in the sense of sexual, but it's, it's attracted in the sense of some pattern matching algorithm is working here and we're gaining some sort of satisfaction from seeing it. And actually, the, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, they you know, work very hard sometimes to be very immaculately well done and not looking like clowns, to So be explain the programme to me. I don't know what the programme consists of. Um, Ru- you know who RuPaul is? Yes. Okay, RuPaul will come on and he, and it's especially here at this point because he's wearing his some quite well-tailored um, masculine suits, mm-hmm. um, of course, who, whom he promotes frequently, um, come on and there are, say, 15, I don't know, 15 men in the studio, all of whom are drag queens. Right. And he will give them, RuPaul will present certain challenges every week that the drag queen has to do. And at the end of the episode, the two drag queens have to battle it out and one gets kicked out. What sort of challenges do they have to do? Um, I'll give you an example. Um, There was a challenge in the episode that we saw the other week where the drag queen had to dress up as the groom and had to dress up as the bride. Okay. And then they were in the same photograph together. Oh, excellent. Right, okay. Um, And, you know, who... And they were given, say, they were given a bland wedding dress and said, make this look interesting. Um, So they had to decorate it, sew it up. So it's a a mixture of kind of Britain sewing bee and... Well, Project uh, Runway, let's... let's And Project Runway and drag queens. And and then another week, for example, they got a butch woman. I think most of them were heterosexuals, or some of them might have been lesbians. But they were usually involved in... um, in 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 various uh, arm to arm combat sports, you know, Krav Maga. There was kickboxing. There was a normal boxer, and so on. Mm-hmm. And these women, and some of them, uh, one of them said, I, "I've literally never worn makeup. I don't know how to wear high heels." So the drag queen men had to teach these okay. women how how to do this, and they had to make them up as their kind of drag partners. So the the the, the actual women had to be dressed up to complement the drag queen. Um, in a way that that looked good and convincing, and of course, it was a lot more difficult for some of these women to to uh, pull off sashaying across the runway in high heels than it was the drag queens. Mm-hmm. So, and the ones who did it best then got immunity, and the two who did it worst had to lip sync for their life. Right. <laughs> yeah. It would be good if they actually had to compete in a drag race at the end. Uh, maybe that'll happen at some stage. That would be. Good. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and it's so, so, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to watch, uh, just to see what is prized in drag culture. And it does seem to me that, uh, for example, they will massively cinch in their waists to give a, a proper good womanly figure and that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, and there's a process called tucking, which is interesting, which I hadn't heard of. Well, I can, I think I can probably guess what that process is and what it's required for. Yes, but uh, I hadn't realised how dedicated to the art they'd been in that it uses duct tape. I was going to say, I assume they just strap with like a bandage. I don't think you no, need I mean, to use sticky tape, do you? No, but it's not just that because, you know, the the uh, the testicles go into the, you know, the, the it's very cold or I'm very scared channels, mm-hmm. you know, push, pushed up there. Tucked in. Then, yeah. 
they're they're plucked, tucked tucked in. Then then the uh, then then the winky goes backwards, mm-hmm. and then a nice bit of genuine duct tape is put on Good in both directions to hold everything in. Is it, now what channel is this? It, does this get broadcast on in the Americas? It's some cable network. So it, are they able to no. show the duct taping, or is it all blurred no. out? No, that's not. They don't. They don't tend to show that. No, right. they don't. But um, uh, apparently, it's it's a known it's a known thing. And 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 RuPaul gets annoyed when that when it's clear from the outline of the outfit that that wasn't done well enough. <laughs> so it's a very important thing to get yes. annoyed about. Yes, but, but uh, we've mentioned RuPaul before. But I was just thinking. Well, oh, and of course, she RuPaul also comes out in her drag um mm-hmm. when she's judging so she she will then put on she'll reveal whatever dress she's wearing at that point and i just think it's it, it remains interesting because every culture i think in history has had beyond discussing transsexuals but it has had men who want to put on a performance as the exemplary of womanhood in that culture i don't i think there are very few cultures that haven't had that over time and there's part of um part of shaman culture and certain eastern cultures of course have a have a very very specific and ancient tradition of men dressing up as women as part of religious rites and things like that so it really goes back in our psyches quite a long way well of course and then the obvious cliche of shakespearean productions and yes indeed i always like kids in the hall did you ever watch the kids in the hall yeah, they uh, they annoyed me for some reason. I know that they helped you not want to kill all the gays, but they actually annoyed me because I just found that I don't know. There was something about the I way think that I remember they characterized women ago. that I didn't like. I think the reason you decided not to like them before ever viewing was that it was a Lorne Michaels thing. Like, no, I mean I, I, I don't. Michaels. I like uh, look who I, you used I, to. You I, certainly I, used to have nothing but fury to express. No, Lorne, Lorne Michaels is terrible, and I liked. I pinch your head. I crush your head, of course. I crush your head. Okay, so and no, Ju- no, no. So the- and Judith has discovered that on her own. She said, "Look, I can hold that house." Yeah, good for her. On the horizon. Yeah. No, the kids in the hall. I would say that the hit rate for their sketches was about one in three. Um, mm. But the uh, what I liked—that's probably fair. What I liked about their, that show was that they, I mean, the reason that they dressed as women for female characters is that they're an all-male troupe, and they just started writing sketches with women in them, and they just figured they'd have to. And they made a very clear decision never to let it become drag. They just wanted to do it as authentically as possible and ended up becoming extraordinarily good at, at looking like women. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, but I wonder whether the comedy was good enough. I think it was. I think Kids in the Hall were splendid. And there so you were think a one lot in more three is enough? crushing people's heads. One in three is enough? I th- yes, I think so. Because when they, so they had some, some of the hits were absolutely amazing. Hmm. Um, okay. The My okay. Pen sketch I adore very much, for anyone who cares. Um, yes. Obviously, the chicken lady was always great. Uh, mm. Yeah, so much. Mark McKinney. Mark McKinney's an, an amazing guy. He's my favourite of them. Okay. Well, I'll allow it. I won't have them all exterminated. That's good to know. And only one mm. of them is was a gay. Though, in fact, really? it is a gay because they're all back together. They're currently touring, which is, makes me very envious of America. It wasn't the guy from Larry Sanders, was it? was it? indeed. Scott Thompson, who went on to replace... Um, uh, become Hank's assistant. Yes. Uh, yes, he was. That was he was the gay one off of the kids in the hall. God, Larry Saunders was good. It was very, very good, and he was. And there's not really anything else that's ever tried to be as good. 
No, nothing's tried to... No, nothing has just sunk into the perfect temperature bath of goodness. Yes. Nothing. That's interesting of that. It was a one moment in time. Including Gary Shandling, because everything he's done since has been dreadful too. Correct. Correct. Although the Gary Shandling show, it's Gary Shandling show before it was utterly amazing. Yes, you enjoyed that for its fourth wall. Oh, it's just, it just, it just drives a lawnmower over the fourth wall. How's Laura? Oh, who cares about that woman? You don't care about the husk, but you know, the seed with him. How's that doing? (laughs) It is at the time of recording 17 and a half weeks alive. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't seem very long when I put it like that, but it's been ages. It has, hasn't it? It's like, it does drag it's, on. It's the one thing in your life where suddenly all this, oh my God, I'm, I'm born and now I'm dead. It's the one thing you're like, where suddenly things slow down a bit again. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess Maybe that... if, if your perception of time is based on your, the percentage of your life it represents, so, you know, if you're, te- if you're going from nine to ten, you only covered a tenth of your mm. life, so it feels like ages going from 39 to 40 to 40th, etc. Um, then this is... This is a brand new experience, this this baby being a thing, existing in there. I'm only, exactly. I imagine it will, the pregnancy will speed up based on the same rules. Yes, it will. Yeah, that's... Uh, we that's get to one. find out if it's a boy one or a girl one in uh, less than two weeks. If it's a boy one, you're going to abort it, I assume. Well, we're not going to abort it, we're just going to pop it in a, in a, in a woven basket and push it down the river. Excellent, and then it'll um, it can become king. It can become leader of the Jews. Oh well, uh, you'll come your leader, Nick. I, I look forward to to taking instruction as long as he burns a bush. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Moses was responsible. I mean, I mean, it's just Moses was this elaborate fraudster who's setting fire to bushes, and <laughs> he was just an arsonist. It was God who did it. God was the arsonist. Yes. Uh, oh, oh. So, uh, has she? How's the pregnancy been? It's been very uh, banal, really. No morning Good. sickness. No um, great big symptoms or dangers. She has frequent headaches, which is no fun. Yeah, um, apparently that's a standard thing. I have a headache right now, so I find it hard to sympathise. Apparently, if you if the headaches continue in a few weeks' time, then they start worrying about emphysema. Is it that one? No, I can't remember. Preeclampsia. Preeclampsia, that's the one. It's <laughs> not emphysema. No, I forgot what the name of the, the illness was. But actually, the headaches, uh, the, that would only be in association with rising blood pressure. She hasn't had that problem. No, her so. blood pressure is very good. So is mine, by the way. When I had my elbow surgery, have we talked about my elbow surgery? No, we need to talk about that because you made such a bloody fuss about such a tiny little bone. <laughs> I made very little fuss, actually. Oh, oh, you are constantly moaning. I was like, you haven't... This is the first time I've spoken to you in three weeks. How can you possibly have perceived that? Precisely. <laughs> Ew, I can't type. I'm, I'm so weak for some reason. I, had I can't a week, type with one hand. I had a week where I couldn't... It was... No, no, it was... Uh, typing with one hand is enormously infuriating. Because mm. of the bloody shift key and the apostrophes, and it just becomes enormous. It just becomes massively irritating. I had a week when I couldn't type. I can type again mm-hmm. now. But yeah, I've got... I pulled all the... Um, Stuff off it last night because it was driving me annoying and it was driving me crazy. Rewind. Huh? Nobody knows what you pulled off or what happened with your old bone or why you. Oh, so I've got, I had my a... ulnar nerve decompressed. And... Why? Because uh, you know when you bang your funny bone. Yes, that doesn't feel nice. It's no. not funny. Or bending my left arm had the same sensation. Well, just don't bend your left arm. Oh, I know, but that actually you will occasionally accidentally scratch your nose or similar. Well. 
Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so they cut it open to decompress it, and um, it was a half-hour surgery. I got to be awake for it and have a look inside my arm, which was fun. Was was it on the NHS? It was on the NHS, yes. And was it therefore very incompetent and there were death panels? No, it was superbly competent throughout. I'm not sure it worked, but they warned me that it prob- there's a good chance that the surgery wouldn't be successful. I imagine it won't. No, it won't be. Um, in that it, it, the, the, the symptoms still seem to exist. I can't tell whether that's because it's still going down. I have such an impressive scar, though. Good. It's really Good. It's about two and a half, three inches long and all over my elbow. And it's like a really big, looks like a, uh, like a rough action man kind of scar. As opposed to the scar on the other side of the same elbow, which I, when I broke my arm when I was eight. Which looks really bizarre and fat and weird. Like a drag queen scar. Like a drag queen scar on the other side, yeah. yeah. This one Do is you... like an action man. Grrr. Well, exactly. You made my point about earlier on. You ascribe to an action man, but you can't be sexually attracted to that action, attracted to that action man. But you I see do... the interesting thing? I do I have mean, a little let, let me, let me... that makes my eyes wobble from side to side. <laughs> can, I, can I put the, 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 that paradox in one phrase? Please do. I don't see the paradox, but do. Men's Health Magazine. Okay, Men's Health Magazine is for the homosexual gentleman. I've solved that problem for you. No, it really isn't. It really? That's the funny well, thing. Well, all of the people I know what reads it is a, is a is a gay. My brother reads it. Well, I've got some news for you about your brother. Well, he managed to impregnate at least one baby. Yes, well. yes, we all know about beards. Fair enough. Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> But there's no men's health is I think for, for the occasional the very occasional straight man who reads man men's health is it not more about aspiring towards some sort of Herculean ideal? Yeah, but that's the point. The Herculean ideal is also that to which well, that's not, the that's just woman is. That's just because they've been attractive. enculturated to believe they need to be that in order to be valid. I don't think that's completely correct. I think the. Um, the triangle proportion of waist to chest is is a is an example of health. Um, if you're stronger, you'll look after the child better. There are um, there are evolutionary reasons why the stereotypical shape of a male is probably good for a male to have. No, no, as I'm much not denying that. I'm not denying that being fit and healthy is bad. I'm saying it's it's normally desired because it's more attractive to the to the lady folk. No, but uh, if you actually look. In the average, if you look at the average muscle Mary in a gym who isn't gay, it's not really for the lady folk. It's it's an aesthetic in and of itself. That's the that was my point earlier on. There's a, it's interesting in that you aspire to that male aesthetic normally for the lady folk, but actually you kind of aspire to it anyway. And you also, in a weird way, aspire to the exact opposite in what to, to which you're attracted: the the frou frou, the shapely, the um, the curvy, the fragrant. <laughs> it's like you you want the whole totality of humanity but in a, in very specific corridors which is funny we are, in a sense we all do but it just depends which corridor and which turn off and which room we then go into from those corridors i would like i would be very interested to see a wide a broad survey of uh, what people actually do find attractive like i don't find thinness more attractive than chubbiness well, the average so I would like straight to know how uncommon I am for that. No, the, the average straight man um, prefers a woman to have curves, more curves than the average straight woman predicts that the average straight man would want, right. which is interesting. Um, the average straight man also thinks that women want a more bulky physique than the average straight woman when surveyed wants, which is interesting. We both 
assume that uh, we want ourselves to be not quite what we the, our, our opposites real or, or, or our, the opposite sex really wants. It's, it's it is interesting whenever the surveys have happened. And also, of course, there are people put eye trackers and say, "Well, when you look at an attractive person, what are you looking at first? Mm-hmm. And Boobs. No, with with men, it's actually there, there's a, a a very strong, which is counterintuitive, a very strong interest in the face. Men spend a long time in the face. With women, yep, there there are an extraordinary number of crotch glances. Oh, ladies. They would never admit it, but you know the eye tracker doesn't lie. No, indeed. I was just, I'm just trying to think very honestly about when I oogle. Mm-hmm. I like to think, you know, the uh, the male gaze. I just call it. I just call it. We've got um, a huge proportion of our brain um, associated with sight, and so that's not a surprise. I like so, to. I like to claim. I like to boast that I've managed to move my male gaze to the my to the periphery of my vision. Mm, I'm much better at oogling. The, from the periphery the, the tube helps because yes. on the tube what you can do is if, if somebody's sitting oh I thought you meant periscopes no if somebody's sitting next to you on the tube or a, a couple of seats away and she looks interesting yeah you don't have to stare straight at her you can just look in her reflection in the, the window the reflection also do you know my favourite place for just having a good good old stare at people and I mean men and anyone just staring at yeah, anyone yeah. especially yeah. especially a nice pretty face yes uh, escalators Oh really? No, I've not tried opposite, that. People go in the opposite way on the on the escalators. Hmm. You can have uh, you can ha- you can stare with impunity because what what are they going to do? They can't start running back down the up escalator to get you or run yeah, the crowd. You're on the London Underground. The crowds are too. You could just have a good old <laughs> a good old or look at someone. Oh, no, there's plausible deniability. It's what I'm just looking at the interesting poster for yes, that, that animated for that West End show. behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Vodafone. Uh-huh. That's all. I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in Vodafone. Actually, wouldn't that be pathetic? Uh, a pathetic indictment of our species of actually, you weren't really staring at the other human, you were, you were staring <laughs> at the Vodafone advert. <laughs> that would be more problematic. I always me. think, like, if someone did, it's like, because I, I, I'm not going to pretend I don't sometimes uh, find myself gazing at a pretty lady's face. Well, if you didn't, you would be brain damaged because uh, a huge proportion of your brain is designed to do that. But I've always wanted, I've always wondered what would happen if someone said, "Oi, what are you?" You know, if they said, "Why are you looking at me?" And I and I replied, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's just because you're really very pretty." Well, they think that you're a creep, but that's not really fair would, because would actually, they, or would they go, "Oh, oh, why think?" And then sweep me up in their arms, and then I just leave Laura and be married to that person instead. Well, I suppose it depends how you put it. It would be. It, it, I'm sure there are cultures where that's perfectly acceptable, but sadly we can't do that here because of how it's been prescribed and what it's perceived to lead on to. But it would be nice to say, "My goodness, you've got a wonderfully symmetrical face," or, <laughs> or "Your bottom is just the right ratio to your hip <laughs> to, to your waist." You know, wouldn't that be good if we could just do that? Well done. <laughs> well, you can't. They just call you a bloody eye raper. If someone came up to me... Now, I'm a, a, an average-looking man. I'm not particularly attractive. I'm not particularly ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think if if someone came up... A complete stranger came up to me in the middle of Paddington train station mm-hmm. and said to me, excuse me, I'm really sorry to bother you, but I really like your face. <clears throat> Bye-bye. Yes. And then off they went. I would yes. float two inches off the ground for the rest of the day. Yeah, I quite agree, and and that has that. I'm trying to think. Has that ever happened with a? It's never happened with a complete stranger. But when that's happened, even with a lukewarm stranger, where somebody is obviously interested or attracted, I think it is 
well was in my previous life before I was married obviously um <laughs> it, it is it is it is one of, it's it's literally the the, the best um buff for your ego that there is isn't there i wonder if you i wonder if you are if one is particularly attractive like uh you know mistaken for a model maybe actually mm. a model whether actually that com- comment becomes deeply irritating it's like yes i already know that thanks i guess to a degree uh, at some point i suppose the the, the, the gas tank of your ego overflows <laughs> but there are people and actually sometimes there are you know you one doesn't even have to be gay about it. you can see a man on the tube and say my goodness he's very well well dressed or well turned oh, out that's gay a, about it Whew. or that's an although i mean you had your away gay day but i'm saying no no i'm just to... saying I, can't, I can see a very handsome man on the tube and go blind. no but i'm saying yeah but but beyond that you can actually say that's a that's a very good haircut or you're you're mm-hmm. dressed well unlike the slobs next to you or whatever or you've got very good posture sometimes you know people who have good good posture are well known noticed by me i think because people tend to slump about on a tube and somebody who can still hold themselves erect either a uh, man <laughs> or a woman is is obviously going to stand out just for the record you like to see an erect man on the tube of course okay. but who doesn't indeed mm. yeah indeed and action and intent Clever what you did there. Tentpole, you see. Intent- it was a double. In caravan. <sighs> Have you ever been on a holiday in a caravan? No. Oh, a mobile home. You've been in a mobile home? When I was ten, we went on holiday been... to Cornwall and we stayed in a mobile home in a farm. On the, land, on the grounds of a farm. And I made friends with a dog called Scrap and he slept in the bed with me. When last had that home been mobile? Oh, I don't imagine it had moved in a good long while. Not interested then. Oh, okay. the, home ha- the home has Sorry, to bye. be mobile. Preferably, I'd like you to be in the home while it is mobile. I always liked the idea of being inside a caravan while it was being towed. Oh, yes. And just sitting there and making myself some toast or something. <laughs> and then I was told, no, that's not the way it works. You can't. And then I lost interest. <laughs> but I've always liked the normalisation of travel uh, in that regard. So it's as if that which is travelling has some aspects of that which is stationary. That's why I quite like um, sleeper trains and cruises and things like that. There's something about that that just appeals to me. The, your, your home is moving. Hmm. It's one of I love that story, the house that sailed away, which you won't know of. I don't know uh, it. No. When I was kid about a, a basically a, a house that it, it rained so much that the house sailed away. Right. Good. And that's what happened, and I enjoyed the story. It's a good story. I like making a little nest, especially that one time I got upgraded to uh, business class on on. Oh yeah, your own little nest. And mm. I have a little bed area, and you can make a little nest, a little area for my my phone and and my stuff, and all my pen and my crosswords. A little little safe nested area there, and I was like, "Oh, this is my little safe place for twelve hours." That was great. There is something I find very cosy about managing to carve out some sort of privacy for yourself mm. on an aeroplane, um, even going. Sometimes when I go to the loo on an aeroplane and I think this is interesting I'm, I'm in an environment by myself now and yet I'm still 36,000 feet in the air there is just something interesting about that that I quite like you so you have yourself to yourself because most of the time of course from the time you've been in the airport yes. to the time you're on the plane you're constantly under observation you're constantly part of the crowd you are part of 
the public you I are entirely agree I find as lo- so long as I, I always time my, my lavatory visits on aeroplanes to the non-peak times yes. so I'll always make sure I always get make sure I get an aisle seat and I'll always make sure that uh, when I finish my dinner I'll slide out from under my tray and go to the yes. toilet then while everyone considers themselves trapped or you know and yes. I always make sure that I'll start spotting the crew getting ready to land 15 minutes before they start warning people they're about to and go yes. there and then so that you're not so the reason I say this is so I'm not holding other people up because that's horrible but then I'll go and I'll spend a little bit extra time in the, and I'll be like oh, I think I need to blow my nose again just a little, that moment of solitude yes. is very welcome on the aeroplane it is, and I'm glad somebody else feels it because yeah. it's, it, and that's why I think what's interesting is, is it? Um, I think it's Emirates first class. There, they've actually got little doors to a whole like pod around their seats, oh, and they wow. can put up a, and they can put up a do not disturb sign, <laughs> which is which is fun. So Uncle Craig, Lucy's day. Uncle Craig, came to stay last weekend, and he showed. Me- in, in other words, the the father of Lucy's cousin. Is Dexter Lucy's cousin? Well, Uncle Craig was if he's the uncle. He was daddy. He was daddy Craig to Dexter, certainly. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. And so he came to stay, and he uh, he showed me. I, I'm a fan of the Discovery Channel's Naked and Afraid. Never heard of it. And Naked and Afraid is amazing. They send a, a man and a lady who consider themselves survival experts, and they mm-hmm. send them somewhere phenomenally dangerous. For mm-hmm. 21 days with literally nothing. They have no clothes, no food, nothing whatsoever. They get they get to bring one item each. So they can maybe bring a fire lighter or a machete or a pot. And they get one each. So that you can't have knife, fire, pot. The three things you need to survive. You only have two of them. And, and they go out there and they try to survive for 21 days in the most horrific conditions. And there are people who've been on that show who can't walk still because they went on that show gosh one woman contracted dengue fever and is still bedridden another man came away with three different Shh. tropical diseases one of them being the worst form of malaria surely they can sue even with I, ima- I can't imagine what discovery must make them sign before they go out there yeah but it's, it's amazing and so they're completely starkers and um and try and they're complete strangers and they're trying to get on and mostly they just don't eat anything for 21 days um, and I think in about 50% of episodes, they go insane, give up and drink stagnant water and then they have to be evacuated by... Do you know where they get the stagnant water from? What do you mean, where do they get it from? They get it from the water. No, you just said it. They get it from the Parisian River. Do they? Oh, they go insane! I see what you did, they did a joke! It's the first time anybody's noticed... That's true. ...that part That homonym... <laughs> Racist. Remarkable. There's, um, anyway, so it turns out this program seems to have been inspired by another program I haven't heard of called Naked and Marooned. Oh. Which is a, a, a British kind of, a British guy who's kind of Bear grills but slightly less annoying. Oh, fair enough. Um, slightly less sanctimonious. Um, and he goes to a deserted island, tiny little island off of feet, somewhere off of Fiji. And um, he's there for 60 days and he goes there with literally no tools, nothing whatsoever and no clothes, nothing at all, just flat nothing. And he wow. arrives on the island and he's, he's kind of he's talking beforehand about how he, the thing he's worried about most is the loneliness. And at the moment, with, and, he fi- and he doesn't even have crew. He films himself. He's got three different cameras and he's doing all the filming. And every day there's a, ba- there's a battery swap and he doesn't get to meet the person doing the battery swap. So he's to make sure he doesn't meet anyone. 
Sure. And he does all the filming. Um, and the moment that the crew goes and they leave him there, he instantly starts going, oh my goodness, I'm so... Craig and I were watching this going, what are you complaining about? That looks amazing! What, what was he complaining about? Just being totally, totally alone and having no one to speak to. And I was just thinking, <laughs> please, yes, please. Laura's not that bad, is I'm she? not specifically talking about Laura. I'm just saying that... The, 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 I know you're specifically talking about Laura, but she's not that bad, is she? She's, she's pretty, pretty bad, yeah. Oh, uh, fair enough. Um, they were, but I know that you always, even from Laura, and it's not because you hate Laura that much. It's you, you, you very much want for your cave time. Yeah, solitude. You? I crave solitude, certainly. Like even when we go on our boat trips, you I had a day. I just need... wanted a cave day. I imagine I'll do the same in a couple of weeks. Well, I should ruddy cocoa. And it's lovely to have a, a have a cave day. Do you not crave solitude? Yes, I do occasionally, um, and. I'm usually fairly honest about it, uh, and especially when you get the when you get a kid, that's when oh, it, gosh, when I you imagine, really start yes. craving. Because, uh, for example, we had a lovely uh, weekend with Judy this last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and it was a lovely sunny day on Sunday. Mm. And I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to lie on the grass, and I'm going to read. Uh, of course, Judy had other ideas that <laughs> wasn't going to happen. And I had to pretend that I was this prince from um, Frozen, and I was going to do this and that from Cinderella, whatever. I, I, I wasn't going to be sitting there reading, yes. which is fine, fine and very lovely. But I thought I'd love an hour today where I can just do some reading as well. But, but can't you negotiate that with Victoria? Can't you, Kate? I'll give you an yeah. hour from three to four and you give me an hour from four to five. Um, yeah, but to, to, to be fair, she does a lot during the week anyway, because when I'm at work, she, she'll be looking after Judith on the Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays anyway, okay. often and taking her to swimming. So you know, if she's busy doing her sewing on uh, Sunday, then it's probably good that I keep Judy out of her hair for a no, while. Yeah, fair enough. But this is something that I think we'll, you will have to work very carefully to negotiate because otherwise you end up just killing the baby. I well, I, f- I finish work most... Uh, when, I'm w- when I occasionally do some work... I've forgotten what it's uh, like now. It's going to be horrible going back. It, it will be. Um, I finish at three thirty, and so I think that's going to be quite good because I'll be at home anyway. So I'm, because I'm already based at home, I can take over from Laura mid afternoon, and I think yeah. that'll be quite good for the two of us. It will. I assume, by the way, that Rock Paper Shotgun's gone out of business since you since you abandoned it for your sabbatical. I have. If you have a look, it is still running. There well, are. It's probably there's still the occasionally they seem to put a post up. Jonathan's probably just been told to recycle all the old posts, probably just in a loop. I think it's mostly people just kind of writing about how much they miss me. Uh, I think that's pretty much all it is now. Uh, I can't imagine there's anyone still reading, though. It's a bunch of... It's just a page of tears. Yeah. Oh, well. When you come back, there'll be this kind of abandoned wasteland. You'll have to rebuild it and repopulate it. It'll be like someone pulled... Put, smash down a dam and a wash of readers rushing back into the website again. It's a very exciting notion, smashing a dam. Yes. Dams generally are quite exciting. The, the thought of what could happen. <laughs> you very pro the Elusu Dam on that basis. Mm. I just like they're, they're, they're a sign of great progress and hubris. And, and, and indeed great hate and, and destruction in the case of Turkey. Yes, of course. I said hubris. That's true. Mm. Oh well, pity the one state that was supposed to prove that uh, Islam could be compatible with secularism all gone. Yep. Oh well, never mind. And proven by science it can't be. We'll just have to, we're gonna have to get rid of Islam and then um if 
Christianity is all right. I'll allow it to stay in its muted state. If it starts, <laughs> if it starts as nonsense, then I'll get rid of it as well. Well, I was going to say, if, if Islam took a, if Islam took a step back toward being sensible, mm. Christianity would surely be like, all right, come on, out <laughs> early. Well, well, yeah, exactly. That's what I worry about. You know, um, keeping the balance of madness. It's like maybe there is this. Maybe madness is a constant, and everybody has their turn. It'll be the bloody Buddhists next. You know it. You you would be surprised because that's always the joke. But actually, look up who oh actually I have were the first know. who were the first suicide bombers. They were Buddhists. <laughs> They're all rubbish. All your religions are rubbish, John. Uh, you're you're an atheist now, anyway, aren't you? Am I? Yeah, I yeah. Feel you feel like an atheist. I do still feel like a Christian. Well, no, no. You're ninety nine point nine 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 percent atheist. Almost every god you don't believe in. Oh, uh, that old joke. It's just that one more to go, and then I'm there. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. Just got one more to go. I think even Richard Dawkins has sunk to re- reproducing that joke. But hold on, but in a sense, you are an atheist with regard to Greek legends and things like that. You 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 would be happy to say I would, that. I'd argue. Well. I would argue on Greek mythology. I'm agnostic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> until until you have proof yes. that thunder is caused by what your wife's so-called science says it's caused by, you're quite prepared to believe that there's a very angry, angry man banging pots together. I'm not saying that I believe there is. I'm just not saying. I'm saying we can't rule out that there isn't. No, we can't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how is science, by the way? I'm sorry, I haven't asked after her for a while. I believe she's in a terrible state all over the place. What's Chemical What's going to happen when Laura? Over? When Laura goes on maternity leave, science will have to stop for a I imagine year and a bit. Science will probably just will also go on holiday at the same time. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. so science might take a sabbatical and write a novel it's too. Prob- it's probably why AstraZeneca turned down the Pfizer bid. Oh, am I allowed to say that you're you're thinking of writing a novel? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I've written some thousands of words of it. I don't know whether it was public yet. Well, it's not like I've, it's not like I've got a. Um, a publishing deal or anything. Yeah, Rupert Murdoch is begging you to bring it to... Uh, to Hodder. To Hodder and Stoughton, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ty- I am like every other writer on planet Earth typing at a screen. But uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it goes. We went to the RAF Museum the other night because a band called um, Public Service Broadcasting were performing there. I know of but, them, yes. Very interesting. They were performing live in the Ivory Museum, and, it were, and everybody had to dress up in forties and fifties and sixties clothes. And there were all sorts of activities and things. And there was a silent disco as well. And there was a lady who was singing contemporary songs and giving tips about make do and mend underneath the old aeroplanes. And it was at night. And being in a museum at night is always the best thing in the world, anyway. Because all uh, the exhibits come to life. All the aeroplanes took off. Yeah, <laughs> they all flew out of the <laughs> flew out of the hangar, um, and the. Uh, and one of the things that they had there, they had a bunch of old wartime and slightly beyond manual typewriters, which you could play around with. Oh, nice. And I, uh, I would suggest to any of our listener who is young enough never to have used one, find one somewhere and try and use one and realise how absolutely unbelievably awful they were. <laughs> how anybody ever managed to type anything. And I'm even more impressed about that mad woman who typed the long letter to us about Dexter. Uh, to uh, us? Yes, us, yes. <laughs> on that manual typewriter. When last did you type on a manual typewriter? Because they are worse than your imaginings. A manual, a manual typewriter would have been my grandmother's. Yeah, my grandmother still has an old manual typewriter. My grandmother the... possesses nothing. Not even mm. skin. 
No, fair enough. What happened to our manual typewriter? I have no idea. I just I vaguely remember tapping away. I think it was at their house. We had a we had an electric typewriter when I was a youth. Yeah, electric typewriter is cheating, but a manual typewriter. And I tried typing on this thing, and the ribbon got caught and all that. And then I typed slightly too quickly, and the two bars got jammed, and then one character wouldn't appear, and the other one would. It's hideous, and you have to oh, bang so hard. No, hideous experience. We had we had a manual typewriter. It was it wasn't like a beautiful old classic one. It was an awful grey box, but it was entirely mm. manual. I remember having to change the ribbons, and I remember tipexing on the thing. And could you, it was a modern manual typewriter yeah in the early 80s i would guess well that's what's interesting is what the ribbon was playing up at the rf museum on one of these typewriters and there was sudden muscle memory and i knew how to pull up the carriage thing and fix it and rethread it and respin it and that it was like something i probably haven't done for 20 yeah. or 30 years suddenly <laughs> oh my goodness it's all there still what a waste uh, there was also a you did an exclamation mark in front of that information Yes, I did. And what I, and the way I put it in is I made an apostrophe, I then backspaced, and then put a full stop. <laughs> yes. And I, I wanted fatuously to type out a Perl script, but there was no hash sign on the keyboard. Oh, no. Did yeah. you at least type hello world? Um, I typed, thank heavens for that fruity chap from... Um, for, thank heavens to that... Uh, fruity chap from Bletchley Path who's going to liberate us from this hideous manual nonsense soon. <laughs> and I typed that out and left it up next to the typewriter. Um, yeah. I, was just, I, just, I just can't stop thinking, if you're at the RAF Museum after, after dark and all the planes came to life, then maybe Amy Adams would have turned up as Amelia Earhart. That would be good. And that would have been really good. Have you ever visited the RAF Museum no. with me? Well, that's what you'll do if you ever come oh, to this please, country again. no. It's free. I don't care about aeroplanes. I'm sorry. I know you want me to, but I don't. You're such a girl. I, if that's what it takes for me to not have to go to the RAF Museum, then yes. Oh, you and Jessica Rabbit. Mmm. Actually, it's quite funny. Rabbit. It's quite funny. One of the uh, warplanes there has, basically has a uh, effectively uh, you know, a picture of Jessica Rabbit. You know, how they used to paint women oh, on Oh, all the Virgin planes have those on nowadays, too. It's no big deal. It's no big, except except the version planes don't also have a tally of all the bombs that they dropped. <laughs> yeah, oh, version have started something very naughty. I, but I, I am going to the United States in August for business and a conference. Oh, are San you? Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, to the old SF. Yeah, so I'll have to be. We were, apparently the aeroplane comes in to land on a row of homeless. That's and, right. Bumpity bump. And Virgin have started doing something very annoying now. They won't allow you to select your seat yep. until 60 days before. But that's changing in June, where you'll be allowed to select your seat at any time, as long as you pay £25 for the oh, privilege. Oh, I see. Because I was going to say, they only changed it last October to this yeah, new that system. Yeah, that was getting you ready. Say, now <sighs> you can select anything you want. So they're, they're becoming increasingly naughty, actually. That's gross. That's, that's just, very Ryanair. It's just petty, and it yep. just... They were not going to make a huge amount of money from it, but it'll annoy enough people. They'll, what they'll do is they'll put every when you log onto the website to find out where your current seat is. I, th- I bet what they'll do is they'll at that time allocate you an inter- you know, an, a seat between aisle and window. Of course, to make you feel desperate that you have to pay that twenty five pounds. That's what, if I were Richard Branson, that's what I'd be coding right now from my special Necker Island retreat in space. Yeah. Or not in space, as it's revealed. 
<laughs> it's been revealed that it won't indeed officially get into space, so they're desperately asking for a different definition of space to be used. Really? Yes. It's low, so it's low Earth orbit? What is it? It's just, you know, a high aeroplane. Uh, a bit higher in the sky. Yeah. Will you I experience mean, weightlessness? One. I don't know. Because if, you, if be. you experience weightlessness, they can call it whatever they like. You can experience weightlessness in a lift that's going fast enough. But you don't, and you can't. You can. In the Vomit Comet, you can. Where's that? The Vomit Comet, you know, the aeroplane that oh, takes that's off not and a lift. It. You can. Oh, okay, on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's not the same. You're stra- it's not floating. You're strapped in. Well, on the Vomit Comet, you can. That's the okay, same. Okay, but I haven't ever been on one of those because I've never f- been in a Hollywood production set in space. Well, they're cheaper than going into space, so why don't you go and go on? You'll and you will feel exactly the same thing because it's exactly the same. Yeah, course. that sounds great. I'll do it, but I don't. I don't think that's immediately affordable to me. It's probably like a speedboat. It probably actually is. <laughs> you know, it'll be expensive and it'll be annoying, but you know, if you absolutely had to do it, you could. Right, we should shut up now. We've gone on far too long. Shut your mouth. Been an hour. Laura likes it when they're longer because then she can listen to it on the way to and on the way back from work. Uh, I assume neither, neither of you is doing any exercise anymore, correct? Uh, I have. I, I swam a kilometre a few days before my operation. A kilometre. No one's ever swum so far. True. The lifeguards were like all gathering around, just gasping. <gasps> wow, he's still going. <gasps> With that tweet, somebody was helped. To learn the difference between swam and swam. That was fun, remember? wasn't it? Mm. I think I also added the, the genuine truth of it that while I may, while I felt like I was kind of muddling through quite competently, I think to an outside observer I would have looked like a man violently drowning in long straight lines. But Shall I did keep good- going for a kilometre, and so that's good exercise. And uh, Laura's just been given a new range of exercises to do by her her personal trainer. Bearing in mind now she's got a baby hole. Oh right, yeah. So, so she's maybe got, to drop out, and I believe she's doing them for the first time tomorrow evening. So she may well be listening to this while she's doing that. So you should give to it, come and encourage her. To be fair, she already had a baby hole before she had the baby. No, that's true. She's the filled baby up her baby there. hole. Encourage right. her, Nick. She's doing exercises now. Encourage her. Well done, well done. You're doing very well. I did it in her language, <laughs> so she she'd she'd understand. understand. Mm. Try harder. We were in the we were in the Midlands last weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. I know it was awful. We, you, we went into a pub for a carvery. You'd be pleased to hear. Yeah, it's tremendously Toby. good. Toby carvery. It wasn't Toby. No, it was an independent carvery. It was very good. But when we went in, the first thing I heard was the lady just saying the the most extremely brummy thing I'd ever heard, and I actually failed to stifle my own laughter. Go on then. What do you mean, go on then? I want the full impression. I can't remember what she said, and I cannot do the impression nearly well enough to make it worthwhile. I, but or but give me the sort of tone that you were hearing in your head. It was. I, it was. And you actually started laughing. I, actually, I went like that before I stopped myself. She didn't hear. I was far enough away. I got away with it, but it was very rude of me. It was very rude of you. Yeah. Almost as rude as when you stare intently at all the pretty <gasps> ladies and men on the tube. Mm, on the escalators. Es- Nick, Nick, es- Nick, I forgot to tell you, this is really exciting. Escalator perfect, go on. We stayed in a B&B on a Saturday night. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the church weekend away. And, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and we stayed in the B&B, and when we went into the room, there were tea and coffee facilities available. 
Oh, I'm sorry. A cafetiere sachets of proper coffee. How? I I fell like a straight beanpole backwards onto the floor, fainted out cold for the whole weekend. Well, you went on your church retreat and you said, actually, I'm suffering with my faith at the moment. Yeah. Uh, And then Betsy said, there will be a sign. Uh Uh-huh. And then you went into your room and there were the sachets of real coffee. That's true. And you were reborn. (laughs) It's true. Hooray! It was amazing. The bed was big and comfy. It didn't even advertise that it had a huge bed. It was a huge bed. Proper coffee in the room. Oh, mildew my word. Smell. Mildew? No, not a, no mildew. Beautiful old farmhouse. Oh, it was lovely. Okay, I think that's long enough now, Laura. Yep. You can stop. Okay, off you get. Otherwise, a baby will drop out. It's true. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.